Hello and welcome to episode 184 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James, joined for the first time this season, I think, by both Ryan and Paul. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Paul, you're, you're, I said you're like uh, always moving, That's like perpe- perpetually moving, Paul. I'm always moving. Um, they're moving again. I, I do have to move to Chicago. That is in process, uh, not happening quite yet, but uh, we were on a scouting mission for suburban neighborhoods since I have kids now, and that makes living in the city hard. And uh, so no house is picked out yet, but uh, that's it's going on. If I'm not online as much, that is the reason why. It's very annoying. I'm sick of moving. Not moving again after this. This is it. Done. So, so you say. Yes. Give it two years. We'll no, see. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a- as we record this, the Cubs are getting the tar beat out of them on ESPN. So that's very fun to see, too. Uh, so, yeah. Good weekend all around. <laughs> well, not I guess, really. <laughs> yeah. I, I, guess, I guess outside of, uh, you know, the Pirate series, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, before we get going, a reminder, you can help support the podcast by becoming a patron. That's at patreon.com slash MKE tailgate. Two bucks a month gets you question priority here on this podcast. And for five bucks a month, you get the minor league extra podcast with Ryan and James Anderson. And Ryan, you were saying you guys just recorded another episode recently. Yeah, we did. We talked quite a bit about the minor leaguers that the Brewers got back. Well, actually, they've both been in the major leagues, but the guys that they got back in the Orlando Arcia trade, we went deep dive into that and then looked around the rest of the NL Central uh, and evaluated their farm systems because James has the expertise, not just on the Brewers, but all around. So we talked about their farm systems up and down, and he gave some surprising uh, I think people would be surprised by where he placed the various teams. The Brewers were not in the back end. In fact, they were right in the middle. So part of that is because the NL Central <laughs> right now has a lot of bad farm systems. So <laughs> we'll, we'll take what we can get, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So sign up, get that minor league extra podcast and, and be on the lookout for that. You also get some reporting as eligible mini pods from Paul through the Packers offseason. And Paul, you were saying there's one coming this week as we get closer to draft season, right? Yep. There will be a, a bit of a deep dive one this week that's already in the can and recorded. I just got to post it. And then we'll be we will have a full pre-draft show, uh, not this week, but next week. There you go. So something starting to happen with the Packers too. Yes, yeah, so I've been I've been boning up on my draft. I'm usually not a draft guy. I don't really like drafts. Um, generally speaking, they're um, they they push down salaries. They're very anti labor, and they're I don't know, kind of annoying. And football is like just this industry where every draft guru, like baseball, like like James and other guys who follow it are very scientific and very good in how they do this. And in football, it's just all fortune telling nonsense. Like nobody actually knows what they're talking about. Um, and we've gotten better about it on, on sort of an analytics basis, but most of the guys you see on ESPN and, and read most of online, like your Kuipers and whatnot are just peddling nonsense. So I've never liked it before, but I've been reading up and trying to put some rigor to it myself and fed a few articles out lately on receivers and quarterbacks. So, I think I know what I'm talking about now. It's probably not true, but we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, the thing I've always liked about the MLB draft is there's because there's such a high bar to entry to like have opinions about it. Most people don't try to do mocks. Most people who aren't qualified to do a mock <laughs> don't even try because you know what the hell are they even basing that on? Like every person in the universe who's ever watched a football game, except I think for me, does a mock every <laughs> single year. <laughs> and for the for the NFL draft, and it drives me nuts because it's like no, none of this means anything. So I, I do kind of like that about the baseball draft that it's <laughs> it's a little bit more. Is that an exclusivity thing, or is that just a like the noise to to news ratio is much better in the baseball vein? It, part of it's an exclusivity thing, and part of it is just that the the minor league system for football is college football, which tons of people watch and have opinions on. So. You also have that going on. You have, you have more information out there to the masses than you do with you know minor league and college baseball. Um, people watch it, and stupid people watch it, and everybody thinks they know what they're doing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
Yeah, that that's a nice uh, way to put a bow on on the draft talk. So, I, I guess uh, speaking of uh, people thinking that they know what they're doing, the the Brewers didn't really look like they knew what they were doing this weekend mm-hmm. against the Pirates. Uh, they're eight and seven now through their first fifteen games. So, I guess all in all, not that bad. Disappointing series loss this weekend for sure, but it was also their first series loss since opening weekend. So, I, I guess uh, it, not all bad there, but I, I guess. Where I wanted to start was over the weekend, the bullpen seemed to be more of the issue that, well, the offense too, but the bullpen specifically, I guess, at, at least more uh, today on Sunday and on Friday night. We had, you know, Brett Suter is now allowed every single inherited runner this year to score. That's not great. Devin nope. Williams gave up his uh, first ever home run on a changeup. He looks like he's not quite all there. Devin had some problems, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then today, Brad Boxberger gave up a monster home run to Brian Reynolds, where uh, Brian Anderson's call was just simply yikes. So, you know, (laughs) uh, not not that great. So I guess, uh, Paul, let's just start. How worried are we about Devin Williams specifically and then maybe like the bullpen overall if he isn't quite Devin Williams? Um, not that worried about the bullpen overall because bullpens do this and it, it's folly to expect your bullpen to just be lights out for like three straight years. That doesn't happen. Uh, right. It is known to be the most volatile part of any baseball team. Uh, and the fact that they are go- are struggling is frankly not that big a deal. Devin Williams specifically, uh, you know, it's pitchers have slumps. That's fine. Um, but it is weird to see him start off so bad. You know, I kind of expected Devin Williams slump to be, you know, he lets in a few stoinkers and maybe gives up a home run, you know, gets caught, but he's gotten hammered kind of a a bunch of times now. doesn't seem to have quite as good of control as he did last year. Um, and like he has five walks too. That's, it's not great. Um, and I, I do think people may just have, um, figured out a little bit better how to lay off the stuff that's hard to hit. Um, so uh, there's probably some cause for concern there. He, he may need to um, adjust back to the league. You know, it's what, they, it's what they always say. You come into the league, you, you blow people away. They adjust to, to your stuff and you got to adjust back. I think he's going to have to do that a little bit because his stuff still looks fine. Still throwing gas. That changeup is still moving. But uh, I don't like people seem to have figured out a, a good approach for him and they got to do some work there. So a little worried, but I think he'll probably fix it. Yeah, I think overall bullpens, like you said, they do this. There's ups, there's downs, and because it's all such small sample stuff with relievers, things mm-hmm. will just go wildly from one direction to the other in a big hurry. So I think we just have to take this as it's a little bit of a rough go right now, and they have had some injuries, and there are, there are guys out, and hopefully they'll be getting people back. Uh, Justin Topa's out on the 60, though, right? Yep, yeah. he is. Yeah, that's less than ideal. Rasmussen hasn't been great to start the year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of it too. Is like there there's quite a few guys who, yeah, small sample sizes and bullpen variants and all that. But it, you know, like those middle inning guys haven't really been reliable either, right? Yeah, though. I mean, and coming into today, Brad Boxberger had yet to allow a run. So yep. yeah, been fine. And that is the thing with him too is he's going to give up. Like when he does give up something it's going to be a huge home run because that's kind of his weakness (laughs) but he can keep the the surrounding numbers pretty good in general so i wouldn't worry too much about that by the by did you guys realize that brad boxberger is currently listed as the brewers closer on uh baseball reference he sure is he has a save and hater has a save so (laughs) alphabetical order yeah that'll come up arbitration time don't worry about it yeah (laughs) so yeah, I, I don't think that we should be getting too concerned about any of this yet. But yeah, Rasmussen, Lindblom, uh, Williams all have worse numbers than you would think. Suter's really like, his numbers are His, is, his yeah. is weird. Yes. His underlying is not too bad. He is, uh, not counting uh, old numbers, I'm sure you guys do too, seven strikeouts to two walks. And the fact that he's just, he, he's gotten unlucky for the most part. His FIP's not that bad. His whip's not that bad. Like he'll settle down once balls start finding fielders a little bit more often, I think. Yeah. And I would like to see what uh, these new guys from the Braves could potentially do down the line. We're going to see so many relievers shuffle in (laughs) through here. And we're also going to see potentially trades made to bring in 
established relievers, should that be a, a direction that they want to go? Remember, that's usually the easiest place to upgrade in the summer. Mm-hmm. They've done such a good job of adding guys. Think about when they've been in contention over the last few years where they have added guys to the bullpen. And that didn't even necessarily seem like they were a big deal at the time, like when they brought in Drew Pomerantz. And then in 18, who was it? The guy who used to close in Kansas City? Why am I blanking? Soria. Yeah, Soria. Thank you. Yep. So they will they will probably be doing that. I'm I'm overall not that worried. One thing, if you take a a step back and look at the overall picture right now, so they're eight and seven through fifteen games, but they're beating the right teams. Yeah. They took series from the Cardinals and two from the Cubs, and they lost to the Pirates, which it's not ideal. You like to beat up on the Pirates, but it also you do. It also doesn't matter that much for them in terms of their competition in the division. Like it, it, it it's a you know it's losses, but it's not against the teams you're directly competing against because nobody thinks the Pirates are going to be there at the end, including Pirates fans. So you don't necessarily worry so much about that. You do need to beat the Pirates. But those games also Friday was just one of those kind of classic. It was just a blah game and it just mm-hmm. nothing kind of clicked. They they pounded them on Saturday and then Sunday was it was a close game back and forth and yeah. goes to extra Flu- innings. Fluky yeah, ghost runners, extra innings games, which uh, I think you're going to lose some of the, you know, the Brewers are two and oh in those games that they're, they're going to drop one eventually. Right. So exactly but if they can go through and thoroughly beat the cardinals and the cubs throughout the season i think they're going to be in good shape come the end of the season so i that is good that's a positive place to go and honestly they're eight and seven despite the fact that are we now over half the games having been played without christian yelich we're close because he, uh, he came out last Sunday. I think today was think so. six games. Is it six or seven games? Oh, no. Today was know. today yeah. was the seventh game. Yeah. Today was seventh. If you yeah. don't count the game he came out, because he came out very early in that game. So, right. Yeah. So it's about half the season, and then you're missing. You know, Colton Wong's been out since the second series of the year or whatever it was. You know, mm-hmm. they're... Lorenzo Cain's been out for, for a week. So, yeah, I think all things considered, if you if you get through this month at 500, considering you miss your three biggest bats, I think, <laughs> you know, take that as a win, it's, right? It's so. fine, yes. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I, I guess maybe that's why I'm not just, I'm not too wound up about losing a series to the Pirates at home in April, whatever. I mean, in the long run, that's going to play out just fine. I, you know, the this, this stuff with Devin Williams is probably the more concerning issue with me. But again, you know, as they've been saying on the broadcast, too, he's still in spring training mode, which I guess, I don't know, at some point, do you just like send him to the alternate site to get through the rest of spring training mode? Or do you just kind of have to have him take live live rounds, basically, in the game here? Well, the concern is that he's hurt and that yep, right. he's not hurt enough to go on the, the IL but that he's heard enough that it's affecting what he's doing. And so that's mm-hmm. that's really the main concern there. I Right. The performance. He has no idea where the changeup is going right now. And that's that's the main issue, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. Well, and hitters know that. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty obvious to them that that's the case. So they don't have to worry about it. Like even today, he ended an inning freezing a guy with a changeup, but it was like right down the middle. He clearly did not intend to throw it there. The batter was so surprised. He let it go. Like if it's not that, then, you know, you had Polanco's monster home run on Friday night where it was just a hanging change up down the middle. Cause he was looking for it. So yep. yeah, I, I guess that if there's one area concerned through the first 15, it's probably that. And yep. And when pitchers do get inexplicably bad, sometimes it's small sample size, but sometimes it's because they're hurt and that's never good to see you with your best reliever. Right. Yep. I, I guess on the bright side, Hater's been lights Hater's out. Been, kind of coming Hater's back, been amazing. But, but uh, apparently he can't go more than three outs because they didn't double switch him on Sunday. T- and uh, <laughs> that meant Colin Moran got to hit with a runner in strike position man. and 10 uh, thing. He's the new Jay Bruce, right? Like he's the ginger Jay Bruce. I was, so. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was following um, Judge um, when that move happened or when that non-move happened. And he was like, well, they should bring Hader back for this. And they didn't. And then immediately, well, that's why you should have brought Hader back for this. Um, right. Yeah, three right. outs only. Can't go four. Would have been a good time to go four. Yeah. So that's another thing going forward, which is a, a like Judge was saying, a, a bigger deal. If Devin Williams is hurt or unavailable, you'd really like to have Hater for more than three outs, and yeah. apparently that's not a thing this year. So, and if it's not a thing, 
which it doesn't appear to be, there's a reason for it. They're they're doing this. They have reasons. They're not necessarily going to share them with us, but they they have mm-hmm. reasons because they wouldn't just decide to do this if they didn't have something behind it. Because he has been so effective in the past at doing this, so there's something going on behind the scenes there. It, we just don't know what it is. Yeah, they right. at least they at least need to be uh, filling out the the card properly so that they don't put <laughs> themselves in the bind. God, how that was crazy too. Like a very on council like mistake to not yep. have uh angel perdome although apparently it was on council's card but not the card that made it to the umps which i don't know how you have how two different lineup cards <laughs> they it was some sort of technical glitch or something was what they said it just seems dumb it but seems dumb and weird and it's it's stupid that you can't change it once it's in uh, by the way I, I i was at the michael young robin yout game when that happened and <laughs> Uh, and, and like they didn't explain it on the loudspeaker, so nobody knew what happened at the game. They um, like all of a sudden, Robin Yount's like not on the field, and some rookie who's never played before is. And we had to read about it in the paper the next day to actually find out what happened. So it was uh, oh a different time. Plus, I was like six, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we figured it out pretty quick in the stands because it was pretty obvious that like when they started all getting out their paperwork. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> there must Not be do their taxes. Who, yeah, it, exactly. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, so before all that fun, I guess. Uh, well, at least before the Pirates series, the Brewers also had the eventful week against the Cubs. You know, Angel Perdomo notwithstanding, uh, we had uh, Wilson Contreras become, I guess, the biggest pro wrestling heel in the division in the last week. <laughs> if you didn't hate him already, I think after the last week, I you're going to be hard pressed to find a Brewers fan that, that does not strongly dislike him, yep. uh, whether it's his sticking his arm out and then crying about getting hit all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, it made, they made a big deal about the Brewers targeting him. And then literally the game after that series ended in Atlanta, like, was it his first at bat against the Braves? He got hit and he got hit something like twice that twice in a row to start twice that series. Yeah. 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 Uh, the one I saw, he stuck his leg out in the pitch and got hit in the thigh. So mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> uh, but you know, that, that was the, the, the big, uh, I guess controversy, not really controversy. It, it we're six games into the season out of 19 against the Cubs. And this is already becoming a huge deal. So obviously something's going to blow over soon, but, uh, Let's just start off with, you know, between the whole hit by pitch thing, the home run celebrations, all that stuff. Ryan is uh, Wilson Contreras now, I guess, supplanting Yadi Molina as the least favorite Brewers opponent right now. Yeah, it's getting to be that way. And it's it's a bad situation in general. I mean, the thing is, his whole shtick with leaning out and I, everybody's seen the the gifts right like the leaning his elbow out yeah sticking the, the his cubs put out. him out there for us helpfully that was the funniest <laughs> part what yeah <laughs> right like unbelievable that he did that like that the brewers keep doing this and no it's it's i mean not unbelievable he's he, he's inviting it on himself the part that really makes it problematic is that he then gets so upset now we have seen throughout yeah. time i mean he has a teammate rizzo who who does yeah, this as Rizzo much as dies he does. over it, gets hit all the time, and he just takes the base. So whatever. Right. And we saw it in in our recent past in the Milwaukee. Ricky Weeks was that guy. He was he went up there with full on body armor on. He hung his elbow yeah. out over the plate. Now I'm sure he probably dove out at various points to like get the elbow in there. But mostly it was just like he's standing right on top of the plate with his elbow in there, and so yep. he's getting hit. And I don't remember Ricky Weeks ever getting mad about it. I don't Ricky Weeks ever clearing the benches because he was all pissed off. If if somebody <laughs> has a, a memory of this or like evidence of it, I'd love to see it. But Contreras does this consistently and then doesn't like that it happens to him that he gets hit, even though he is doing the things that bring the hitting upon himself. So yeah, that's that's a different level of shtick that like there's just no call for that. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. To, to do that if you're going to make this part of your game fine it it's somewhat annoying i get it but fine just don't complain about it yeah and, and don't call to intentionally hit the opposing pitcher the next time he's up to bat right right and right. then talk about it after the game and mention that you did it on purpose 
<laughs> By the way, it is annoying he didn't get suspended. Um, I, I know that he didn't participate as an active person, although I think catcher should be open to that. They're calling stuff and putting the glove in certain spots and clearly knew it was going on. He's part of the conspiracy. If it right. was an actual um, felony, he would go down for it. Uh, so <laughs> that's how the law works, and it should work that way in baseball too. But Well, and there's uh, as much evidence that he called for the intentional hit as there is that Terpera did it, right? Yep. Like, what is Absolutely. The, what is the evidence? Because MLB is already going out on, like, a limb here, I guess, to say that Terpera did this on purpose. They don't have any proof of that, I guess. Well, they do, because Terpera opened his mouth. But MLB doesn't need... <laughs> yeah, he admitted right. to it. That's <laughs> yeah. I, should, I should point that out. But I, <laughs> I, I will say, MLB doesn't... They do suspend guys all the time, even if they swear up and down they didn't do it on purpose. MLB goes, no, 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 we, we know you did, and you're suspended for it. Yeah. So if you could suspend a pitcher for that, why can't you suspend a catcher for it? Especially in this case when everybody is basically admitting that, yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> it was on And he didn't try to move the glove. It's not like, oh, that pitch is inside. Let's try to move the glove inside. Like, he didn't move his glove at all on that pitch. Like, he knew what was going to happen. It was pretty blatant. And uh, I, I, I like Brandon Woodruff's reaction mostly, you know, yeah. just like the, the nodding and like, all right. That's effed up. <laughs> like you could read, read the lips. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, old Brandon Woodruff, maybe after that, we, we talked about this, maybe he would have blown up. But no, instead he just went out yep. like a badass and went one, two, three and shut him up that way. Right. So that was yeah. perfect it, that he did. I do wish umpires would call guys, um, call strikes and call guys out for sticking their elbows over a little bit more. And I yeah. hate whenever anybody says, well, that never happens. Because we have seen it happen against the uh, to the Brewers before, so mm -hmm. it has happened. We have in Until a case where it was ridiculous too. It was like, yeah, he didn't actually like make a move in. I, I remember exactly what you're talking about, though. I can't remember the player. I think it was Niger. I'm not 100 percent. Oh, sure, but I think yeah, it was that would. It make, sounds like that, a Niger Morgan incident, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Sound like a Niger Morgan incident. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Where an umpire would just be looking for a reason to do, yeah, yeah, that yep. sounds that sounds correct. Oh boy. Uh, speaking of Nigel Morgan, could you imagine if he was still on the bench for this uh, little brouhaha? How? <laughs> oh, it would the, be on. This would have actually been flying this last time. So yeah, Tony would have gotten suspended for that. So. Yeah, yeah, Nigel Morgan wouldn't have gotten suspended. Tony Plush would have. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Tony left hook or whatever he wants to call himself. <laughs> uh, I guess that takes us to our first Patreon question from Jay Google, who's asking when will the Cubs and Brewers have a bench clearing brawl? So how, how I mean, the bench is cleared the last, the last series, but no punches were thrown. So I guess, uh, Paul, do you see like blows being dealt in the next couple of weeks here? Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. First off, suck it, Steve. Now, yeah, Paul, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Jay, there we fine. go. Okay. Um, I, I probably, yes. I feel like they're kind of headed that way. And um, it's not like this is like a, a reasonable two-sided thing on, on this point because like part of Contreras' game is getting hit and he's going to keep getting hit. And if he keeps getting mad about it and they keep retaliating for it, the Brewers are absolutely going to all storm out of the dugout and start something. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen, I'll be kind of shocked. Uh, the only way I think it doesn't is if baseball goes into the locker rooms before the game and basically says, hey, if you guys start anything, like everybody's suspended and we'll crush your pitching staff or something like that. But I don't think they'll do that because I don't think they do stuff like that. I kind of wondered if they maybe said something going into Wednesday's game, if there was some message put out behind the scenes to them, because nothing we know of publicly, but if something was said, because nothing really happened on that Wednesday, maybe it was because the game wasn't particularly competitive. Yep. That, that could be. And Contreras was sitting and all that. But right. Contreras yeah. wasn't in the game. So that could be. But yeah, I mean, it's it, this does seem to be brewing and there is uh, some animosity. The the Brewers do not enjoy the Cubs uh, shtick like nope. <laughs> on any real level. So that's yeah. It, at some point, this is going to become a problem. It's sort of like, a, you know, growing up with a sibling that's like constantly there and annoying you too, right? Like by the end of next week, the Brewers and Cubs have played nine games in the first month, which is like insane. That's a lot of familiarity. It's enough like little nuanced things to drive you nuts, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's like slowly reaching this boiling point, right? So yep. I don't know. To I guess to answer Jay's question, if it doesn't happen 
next weekend. I mean, the Brewers don't see the Cubs again until the end of June. So then maybe everything kind of just blows over and then they're fine until that next series. But, you, you know, I, I think maybe like the the constant familiarity is is kind of an issue here too, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously this isn't just about one or two hit batters. It's, you know, and I think the Cubs even said that, like it's going back a couple of years between these two teams. And, you know, the hit batters are even on both sides, as much as the Cubs cry about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> Justin Hira has been getting riddled with HBPs this year. Uh, he's up near the the league lead. He's not yeah. Contreras, but he's up near the league lead, and uh, he is yet to throw a tantrum about it. <laughs> Honestly, we're just happy Justin's getting on pace. So. Absolutely, there yeah, part that. of his game. His on base percentage is two seventy one, and he's been hit by four pitches. So you just do the math yourself. Yowza. Yeah. <laughs> It's not it's not ideal. <laughs> not great. Not great. All right. We do have some other Patreon questions to get to. Jay had another one. Uh, his second question is, after three weeks now, what's the biggest weakness on the team? He's not going to ba- bother asking about the strength because obviously it's the starting pitching. So I guess, Paul, what's the biggest weakness through the first few weeks here? Oh, man, it's really hard to say because... I don't believe the bullpen is this bad. It's been the weakness so far, but I don't think it'll keep being the weakness. Um, and like, I, I don't, I'll, by the same token, I don't think Travis Shaw will keep hitting like this all season either. Um, so that uh, so it, probably still first base is the answer. Maybe Luis Urias throwing the ball. Maybe, I guess maybe that's, um, I don't know. It, you know what? It's Hira. It's still him. He, he's right. a problem. So he's the biggest issue. He's he's doing all the things that we said that he needed to fix still to this day. Um, he, he shows some pop every once in a while when he makes contact, but he's a butcher in the field. He's not holding up his end of the bargain with the bats, and he probably still deserves some more time to get that figured out. But between, and Vogue, he had a good day today, but, you know, he's still not been good season. So first base is still a mess. Um, here it shows no signs of breaking out, and, you know, Vogelbach, whatever, is fine as a backup, but bleh. it's not a good position. I'm going to say health. Health is the biggest weakness so health, far. Yeah, health's a good call. They have three very important players on the IL on the hitting side, and they are thinner in the bullpen than you would like because of some guys getting hurt to open the season. So, yeah, I'm going to go with health. Yeah, especially since, I don't know, it, it feels like, obviously, outside of the Christian Yelich blowing his, his kneecap apart, like they've had some decent good injury luck in recent years so i don't know if this is just kind of a health regression or it is also three veteran guys too so it, it's not that surprising i guess yeah. and and yelich too has a history of back issues lorenzo kane's old as dirt so of course he's gonna blow a quad every once in a while <laughs> yeah. um and colton wong's on the other side of 32 so yeah i mean health has been a big issue but you keep your fingers crossed, obviously, that, you know, maybe they, they get the extra rest earlier this season and <laughs> they're okay they're by September. September. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is they've been able to put these guys on the IL and not have to kind of worry because they have the depth to cover for it. So yep, right. they're not having to trot out there. And Billy McKinney has been really important in this because he has <laughs> given them a legit bat to have, you know, as a, a third, fourth outfielder. Yeah, because he's been as good as Yelich in small sample size, so good for that. <laughs> yep. Well, and there is some reason to think that he may actually be a legitimate major leaguer. He certainly has the pedigree, and he's only 26, so I'm not shocked that we're seeing something from him this year, uh, other than the fact that we didn't think he was going to make the team in the first place, but that turned out to be wrong. So, anywho. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of helped buoy things you know with Kane yeah. and, and Yelich being out and uh also good you know they mentioned this on the broadcast too it's also good that a guy like him can get some consistent playing time early in the year too so he's not going a week between starts and that kind of thing yeah. where you know that that's kind of where he ran into trouble earlier in his big league careers just like the sporadic playing time so mm-hmm. uh I, I guess totally. if there's a hidden benefit of the injuries. It's, you know, seeing seeing what you got on on that end, too. And, you know, if, if some of these options they're using to fill in aren't cutting it, then, hey, at least, you know, as you head toward July, that's what we need to work on with our depth. So uh, there's that, too. So um, moving on, then, you know, Jay mentioned that the, the starting pitching is obviously the strength. 
Uh, different side of that question, though, for Brian Polakowski. He's asking, how unsustainably good is the Brewers <laughs> starting pitching thus far? Obviously, they're not going to go a week straight with uh, one or less earned runs every every other week, right, Paul? Well, no, they won't be that good. And I, I love this question. <laughs> I love I love that we all understand like regression to the mean and reversion to the mean. So that all it does is it means we can never be happy. Like uh, <laughs> because we're Brewers either, fans, we can never be happy. Nobody, who, with, under, yeah, yes, yeah. nobody who understands the concept. Either you're playing badly or you're playing better than you should, and you will be playing badly soon. Um, it, it's no fun for anybody. Eat but, at Arby's. Yeah. Yes. But um, this isn't that unsustainable because they have, I think, three dominant pitch. Like Freddie, I think, um, you know, even if he comes back a little bit, he's got the stuff to be this good um, for as long as he's in the rotation. And Corbin and Woodruff are, I think, legit ace level guys. So, yeah, look, they're not going to be this dominant for the whole season but they are going to pretty much always hold up their end of the bargain and keep teams from scoring a lot of runs. And um, contrasting that, like Anderson and Hauser actually could be a bit better. Like we've seen them flash some very good performances, but uh, their FIPS aren't great. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was just gonna that's point what that I was going to get at is yeah. like Adrian Hauser's FIP is over five. So yeah. are you so, worried about him maybe being I guess I worry about him blowing up. I also think that he, uh, he's been good. I still think he gets he's the most likely guy to get short leashed and taken out of the rotation for a, a bad matchup team here and there. So um, I, I don't think it's that bad. I think that they've used Hauser well so far against teams that he can succeed against. And I, well, if they leave him out there against a bevy of lefties, then I'll eat my words, but I don't think they'll do that. So, um, and I think Anderson's kind of like, he, he has a big split in Sierra and FIP too. So that'll come back, but uh, his whip's good. And uh, I, I don't think that he's been super duper duper lucky and he'll be fine too. So um, I, I think that that's, they, they're fine. This is just early season stats out of whack a little bit. And when it all comes back to normal, that's still a great starting staff that will keep being a great starting staff. Yep. The concern there is keeping everybody healthy and they're doing a good job of managing that so far. They're keeping guys fresh and they're not letting them go super deep into games, sometimes to the consternation of people. But <laughs> that right. we talked about this last week. We're just going to have to get used to that because that's how the season is going to go. Increasingly, they're just going to back off of starters. So be ready for it and just accept the fact that it's it's coming. Um, the one thing I will say, yeah, Freddie Peralta and Woodruff and Burns between them, the highest FIP is 254 for Peralta that was coming into Sunday's start, mm-hmm. which couldn't have been terrible. He did give up the home run, so that does right. change that. But yeah, right. He gave up three runs, all with two outs. But you know, I think if this is like the 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 bottom end of what you can expect from Freddie, you know, like five innings, three runs, eight strikeouts. Okay, yeah, that's Fine. that's decent for your fifth starter, right? <laughs> hey, James, do you know what uh, Corbin Burns' strikeout to walk ratio is? uh is it still 30 to zero yeah it's well it's it's nothing it's blank yeah. in the yeah the it's, it's infinity yeah, it, is, it is infinite you can't you can't divide by zero right uh, okay. so there you go yeah no i saw that he's like the first pitcher since 1906 i think mm-hmm. uh to start the year uh 30 strikeout zero walks yep. which uh you know anytime you match uh something over 115 years ago that's that's well, a pretty solid start to the season yeah and that's uh at least as far back as 1906 because we don't have records that go back further we don't know of it happening before that so and frankly nobody struck out batters like that back then so it probably (laughs) never happened before that there you go corbin burns is literally one of the best pitchers in major league history (laughs) statistically proven you can't you you can't unprove that i mean he does have an 853 era plus right now Seems good. Is that good? <laughs> I mean, that's like Eric. Can Gagne. that go up to a thousand? Is that like the? Yeah, I don't. I don't. What's the highest number? Let's see if we can set that. I don't know. I don't know exactly oh, how that works. Once you get to these high numbers, once you start getting yeah. into Mariano Rivera territory, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to do the math on that. So. Right, right. We're gonna have to like ask Judge to come up with some new stats just to like adjust the scale because Corbin Burns is breaking everything. So. <laughs> There you go. And he's hitting too. He drove in two runs in his last start. So 
there you go. He he officially has uh, more runs driven in than he's given up this year too. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. The next Patreon question we have comes from Brad Westness. Uh, talking about another team in the NL Central we haven't talked a lot about because we haven't encountered them yet, but he's asking, what's the deal with the Reds? Uh, will they implode before the Brewers have, have to play them since they're so front-loaded with Cubs and Cardinals series? How do we feel about the schedule for division opponents? Ryan, what are your thoughts yeah. on the Cincinnati Reds? I'm not a believer at all. I think that this is being driven <laughs> almost entirely by a fluke offensively where they're just hitting with a lot of power and things are really working well. And it is, we talked about this, I think last week, maybe that uh, this is torturing Reds fans for the season that they couldn't have had last <laughs> year, putting these two things together because it's yep. basically the same offense brought back. And so I, I do approve of it on that level. Uh, anything that tortures Reds fans is great. So other than that, like now nah, I don't expect it to continue. And the pitching is, suspect uh in terms of depth they do have some frontline guys but honestly that rotation is pretty that rotation is pretty shaky so uh and then the bullpen after the first few guys also very shaky yep really anchored by wade miley at the moment too so mm-hmm. tells you what <laughs> they do they have five guys with um over 1000 ops's and tyler stevenson at 940 so they are just killing the ball um and it, it's all about what you think if they're going to keep doing that or not. Mustakas 957 too. Goodness gracious. Okay, um, and you know, th- there are some talented players. They'll probably hit okay, but this is you know they're not going to do. They're not going to be this good all season. It's just not going to happen. So they're yeah, also come playing back to Eugenio Suarez at shortstop every day. So yeah, yeah, not good for <laughs> balls in play. So yeah, that that's pretty much it. They'll they'll come back to earth a little bit. Although you know the Pythagorean is nine and five, or I, I don't know how they did today, but it, it's not like it's a super big fluke. It's not like they've lucked into a bunch of wins, but the offense is not this good, just not. Well, I think you're you're talking about the offense, and a big factor on that is their schedule has been extremely home heavy so far this year. So they oh, they've so played a ton of games at uh, Great American Ballpark. I just pulled up their schedule. Today was actually their, their second loss at home all year. <laughs> That's they it. Did, they did their job and swept the Pirates. So, you know, kudos for that. It's there you go. Like yeah. That. So what do we got here? We've got five, six, whatever. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they've only had one road trip and it went out west and it went terribly for them. It they did. went two and four against uh, the Diamondbacks and the Dodge or the Diamondbacks and the Giants, I should say. Uh, so I think that'll be the test too. get them away from great American ballpark and see how well they hit. Cause if the uh, West coast road trip is any indication, it was not very well. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I do feel like that thing will kind of balance out a little bit, you know, especially once they start playing road games and uh, don't play uh, crap teams basically. So yeah, <laughs> there right. you go. <laughs> All right. Uh I feel like this next Patreon question is written specifically for Ryan. We've entered <laughs> soccer talk and uh, Ryan wanted the platform to complain about what's going on in Europe, which sounds like <laughs> some sort of devious, like, I don't know. It, it sounds like a movie. So uh, PJ Wessels asking order from most to least likely a Liverpool making champions league, Everton, making Europa League, Brewers winning division, or Brewers winning National League. Ryan, make sense of this. Okay, so first of all, the Brewers things are on opposite ends of the spectrum here. So the Brewers winning the division is the most likely thing out of all of this. And the (laughs) Brewers winning the National League is the least likely just because, you know, you're probably going to have to go through, even if you win your division, you're going to have to go through uh, at least one of, if not both of the Padres and Dodgers to get there. And or other good teams, the Braves are out there. There's there's other good teams as well. So you're going to have to go through some good teams to get there. So it's hard. And yeah, so that's less than likely. Uh, As far as the Champions League and Europa League, for those of you not versed in uh, in European soccer, uh, there seems to be an Armageddon going on on Sunday afternoon and evening right now (laughs) where uh, you have billionaire owners, many of whom are from the United States, our wonderful billionaires here. Uh, are trying to upend uh, hundreds of years of, of tradition and take on the uh, sportocrats at the uh, UEFA and FIFA. 
basically. So you have billionaires against uh, extremely corrupt sportocrats. So if you want to like pick a side to root for in there, go right ahead because there's nobody good to root for in that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there may not be a Champions League or Europa League next year. So when he wrote this question, that wasn't at all clear that that was going to happen. But that seems to be maybe the direction that this is going. So I don't know. It, it, uh, Liverpool, I think, was in good shape to potentially make the Champions League just because they've been playing better lately, except for when they play Madrid. So I thought they were in pretty good shape of it. And honestly, I don't know how Everton is doing. I try to pay as little attention to them as possible. <laughs> Same, okay. actually. Uh, yeah, I also pay attention to Everton whatsoever. <laughs> also, almost every other soccer team. Except for North Sherwood, right? Yes, except for the fake one I made up. That that one I do fake. <laughs> oh man, remember this time last year where we were all picking our favorite Bundesliga teams? That was oh, yeah. that was a trip. Was I a totally time. forgot how who I picked. It doesn't matter anymore. I don't know if they're in this super. They're probably not in the super elite league now, right? So, well, no, the, the German teams are right now sitting on the outside waiting because they're worried about getting uh, severe repercussions from the. Uh, what is what what is the what is their uh legislative body in Germany? I can't even remember off the top of my head right now. I have no idea. Not a clue. Yeah. The Reichstag? I don't know. That no, that was pretty, that was Weimar Probably Republic not that. Era. No. Wow, Germany being worried about uh being punished by the rest of uh Europe. Who would have thought that ever happened? All right. Uh there seems to be some history for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh one last Patreon question. This one comes from Brian Polakowski. This is actually uh, probably one of the more interesting Brewer stories to come out in the yeah, last week. Uh, so Brian's asking, reports are that Lucas Erceg is converting to being a two-way player. Are we thinking this is smart or a desperation to make it to the show? I guess, Paul, what are your thoughts? Um, I like the creativity whenever anything like this happens. And I know his bat hasn't come along as they've kind of wanted it to. And he has a good arm and this works sometimes. So um, if they've, you know, guys like to show off their pitching um, when they're just sitting around, screwed around, doing nothing. And um, every once in a while, somebody shows some talent. And um, if, if it looks like they're not going to be able to hold, their bat's going to hold them at the position they can play. It happens. And sometimes it works out really well. Like, um, you know, Dave Bush was a position player. He became a pretty good pitcher. And um, if this works, you know, you get value from guys, however you can. And, uh, I, I always like it when guys are open to doing it uh, because it is a good way to save your career when things get a little bit desperate. Yeah, I mean, he was a closer in college, so yeah. there is precedent for this. This is not like he just decided to start throwing off the mound for the first time in his life. He's done this before, so I think that uh, it's worth a chance. Uh, at this point, it's worth the chance because his career as a position player probably really wasn't going to go anywhere at this point. Nope. So it's unfortunate. I thought more of him coming into it but it didn't work out and that does happen so hopefully he's able to make a go of it this way yeah it's not even the first time the brewers have come around to do something like this right we had um nick ramirez a few years ago mm -hmm. uh still when he was with the brewers uh similar story just didn't have the bat to play corner infield right so they flipped him to the mound uh i think he's even a lefty pitcher right uh didn't make it to the majors with the brewers but the tigers scoop, scooped him up uh so you could argue you know barely major league team but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know his first year uh in 2019 he had an era of just over four which not bad for a guy who's only been pitching professionally for a totally. few years and, exactly yeah so you know even if it's a situational reliever role you know maybe that's how lucas ursa makes it to the majors so you know like you guys said just trying to prolong the career uh keep getting a paycheck and maybe find a better different avenue just to make it to the show right so yeah who knows all right uh we also put out a call for questions on twitter you can follow our twitter account that's at MKE Tailgate. You can also follow each of us individually. I'm at James L. Ryan is at RD Top. Paul is at Badger Noonan. So we put out the call for questions and uh, we got one that I think both Ryan and Paul are very enthusiastic <laughs> about answering. Uh, this one comes from C. Paul Martin. Uh, they're asking, what are the factors leading 
to the Brewers so frequently making quick outs. It seems that opposing pitchers often have the opportunity for a low pitch count. So uh, we were kind of talking, and, and maybe some of this is like a clash between perception and reality. Is that the case, Ryan? Yeah, so the reality here is that if you look at the Brewers' pitchers per, pitches per plate appearance uh, this year, they're exactly National League average. They are 3.93 pitches per plate appearance, and that is right exactly on the league average. They're just slightly above that with uh, the Padres are actually also at 3.93. So in terms of seeing pitches when they're at the plate, this is not really an issue. And this doesn't range that widely. The highest is the Giants of all teams. I guess they're a bunch of old bunch of old guys so 4.16 <laughs> pitches per plate appearances in san francisco and uh in colorado 3.74 so it's not a massive you know you're not even talking about a a, a half a, a pitch per plate appearance split there between the top and the bottom but they're right in the middle of that now the issue comes in here we were talking about this the problem is just that their on base percentage is 11th in the nl right now and so they're not seeing enough. Uh, they're not getting enough plate appearances. They need to get more. If they got on base more, they would get more guys to go to the plate and would get to drive up pitch counts even more. So yep. that's mm-hmm. the that's the problem here. It's yeah. in so far there is a problem. It's it, that's the issue is getting guys on base. Yes, the, the problem. So the answer to your question is they're bad at hitting. That's the problem. <laughs> And, and that is why <laughs> pitchers have low pitch counts because they are making a lot of outs. So, uh, yeah, they're actually, they are, uh, in terms of looking at strikes, they're the team that does it the second most frequently. So you can actually make a good argument they should be swinging earlier more often than they are, not less often, but fundamentally it's just, uh, it's, a, it's bad up and down the lineup on the OBP from the side. Jack Bradley Jr.'s 260. Uh, Actually, Urias, not not too bad. Keston's two seventy one. Just uh, Daniel Robertson, whenever he plays, is an automatic out right now. Um, it, there's just too many dead outs in the lineup, and that lets you kind of cruise through the lineup pretty well. Yeah, there's there are ways to get through this lineup right now by managing and going after the weak spots, and that is part and parcel of having three guys on the IL, uh, yeah, three of whom are pretty accomplished. Well, three of them really are pretty accomplished hitters. They all have had. Uh, accomplishments in the past on the hitting yeah. front. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I we were talking before we started recording here. I feel like, you know, if you were to isolate out that first week or so, maybe these numbers would look a little bit different. But obviously we're... <laughs> That's, that's, you know, five of 15 games, and we're still dealing with very small sample sizes. Things seem to have gotten a little bit better in recent weeks. Um, I know we've kind of been saying, like, tongue-in-cheek. Maybe, you know, the team was feeling some side effects of the COVID shot that first weekend. But, you know, given how a lot of us have felt after yeah. getting that, it seems plausible. I wouldn't want to hit a 98-mile-an-hour fastball, right? Like It is totally yeah. legit that for two days they would struggle on offense after doing that as a team. That makes perfect sense. It's not like a conspiracy theory or crazy at all. Um, it, it's knocked a lot of people out for a day, and I'm sure it happened with them too. Mm-hmm. And anybody yeah. who's had the shot knows that, yeah, you, yep. you especially get very tired. That's mm-hmm. one of the huge side effects of both of the big ones, so... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know how much of it either too. it. And maybe this is just another perception versus reality thing. And I couldn't find the numbers to back this up, but I feel like, you know, the brewers especially seem to be struggling against bullpens right now too, where once they chase the starter, it's, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth inning is a lot of one, two, three innings. And uh, like you guys said, they're just not avoiding those outs and it's tough to, to really drive up pitch counts and get guys on and you know it's it's just all a symptom of the offense sort of struggling over the first two weeks so i mean mm-hmm. th- there you go it, it's not necessarily a, a pitches per plate appearances thing like you guys said it's just they're only getting three at bats an inning and it's hard to drive up pitches <laughs> even you know even if you have five six pitch at bats if you only get three of those an inning it's it's hard to really drive up a pitch count so exactly. there you go uh That's all it. right so we do uh, want to remind you, you can become a patron to get question priority here on the show. That's patreon.com slash MKE tailgate. You also get a shout out when you sign up to become a patron. Uh, Ryan, who do we have this week? Nick Prill. Welcome. We appreciate it a lot. 
and hope you enjoy. I'm looking forward to getting some questions from you. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Nick. Uh, thanks. Welcome aboard, Nick. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, no crazy names like uh, Noodle Papa or whatever it was no last week, but uh, still <laughs> awaiting your first question, Mr. Noodle Papa. Uh, but <laughs> thanks again to Nick. A reminder, you know, two bucks a month, you get the question priority. Five bucks a month, you get that on top of the Minor League Extra podcast. Look for a new episode of that. You also get the reporting as eligible mini pods. Paul's going to upload one of those episodes this week. So yep. lots, lots of content to check out. So uh, please do go and, and sign up to become a patron if you can. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Casts, anywhere else you listen, uh, please do hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave us a review to help other people find us. Ryan, you you found a good one. Oh, oh, we got a review. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, speaking of reviews, we, we've been saying if you leave us a good one, we'll, we'll try to read it on the air. And we had one submitted in the last week that I think had Ryan basically dying on the floor. Uh, <laughs> it's really good, so we wanted to shout it out. It came from Chuck Crim's Cleats, which, again, great username. <laughs> we dig it. Uh, five-star review says Steve, JP, and Brad do a great job of breaking down the Brewers and their insight <laughs> on the game is unmatched. Also, James, Paul, and Ryan are equally great. Nice to have people who understand baseball. And we even get someone to break down the labor talk. Oh, joy. It's a fantastic podcast. So there you go. Uh, th- there's a lot of layers to this, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that we, the current hosts of this podcast, uh, have been relegated to second string uh, also status. Yeah, just nice. okay. Nice. Well, no, equally great. Well, but... no, but he, he says also. So this is this is also he, he I guess, uh, Chuck or yeah, uh, it could be. Cleats. Yeah, whatever. Cleats. Mr. Cleats. Yeah. Sub Cleats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think the irony is is the, the three names used to uh, be highlighted as the the especially great ones are the ones that are no longer here. So mm-hmm. uh Apparently that's what you do. You leave and then everybody remembers you fondly. You stay. Yeah. And people are like, eh, also these guys are fine. It's like Kurt Cobain, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Better is. to burn out to fade away. Yep. Uh, you know, uh was it the Joker? Or no, it was it was it was two face in the dark night where uh, you know, you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Going. So there you go. Where where are we the villains then? I don't know. Uh, but either way, as long uh, as we're, we're breaking down labor, apparently we're. Yeah. We're yeah. Ones. Somebody actually appreciates the labor talk. So we'll have to bring that back, Paul. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll slug that in for next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a CBA update right. next week just for Chuck Crim's cleats. How about that? There's going right. to be a whole heaping helping of labor talk coming. Just you wait. If you want more of that, just wait till this offseason. We don't need to force it, really. You, you <laughs> thought the first half of 2020's podcast were thrilling. Just wait for 2022. All right. Um, that'll that'll wrap things up for this week. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. We'll be back a week from now. In the meantime, stay well. We'll see you next time here on Milwaukee's Tailgate.